Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Ought to Know Better. Uh, this is the after-match discussion uh, with Baradi and Coke, where we'll be talking about the West Brom result. Frustrating West Brom result. Um, we've had a bit of uh, difficulty this morning because Smarty decided that he was going to play on computer games too late and then didn't get himself out of bed on time. But he has assured me that he's going to be with us momentarily. So we'll get an intro running and then we'll get into the discussion. Hi, this is Don Matteo and you are listening to the Auto Know Better podcast. Let's do this. You look like fucking Brolin, you're a leader-hitting bastard. Or some sort of fucking weird floating head. No. He's a utensil player a bit, isn't he? I mean, I feel a bit right, dickhead. Nothing spectacular, really. I mean, I feel a bit right, dickhead. Nothing spectacular, really. Um, I think a lot of that's going for this morning as well as Leeds United at the moment. Um, Smarty, he's just making his way back to his desk. Uh, so we'll be with us momentarily. Um, so I think from a from a perspective of the podcast, we've been remiss uh, over the past week hello. or so. Um, hello. It, it's been that really weird time in between. The, I mean, the... The actual Christmas period and then that bit in between Christmas and New Year, it's all just up in air and everything just goes Pete Tong, doesn't it? Um, all patterns and everything that you used to is out of the window um, and even Smarty doesn't get up on time. And usually that's me. I will hold my hands up and say it is usually me that does stuff like that. So, I must morning. Most, most Good morning, James. Matthew, most profusely. <laughs> I do apologise. I sprang out of bed like a ninja this morning thinking, oh shit. <laughs> I'm supposed to be covering Luke on the podcast this morning, so I apologise. Um, and have you had a chance to get a brew? I have, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just as obviously as you were doing the introduction or whatever, uh, yeah, I could hear you. I could hear you talking, and then one, and then Mrs. walked into the kitchen. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's live, and he can hear me. Um, no, I'd say so, yeah. I've taken you out of the studio. You're all right. Oh, that's all right then. Good stuff. No, thank you, uh, thank you for reminding me. So politely at 10 o'clock this morning, we were supposed to be going live right there and then. Like, shit. So anyway, yeah, you well. I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. It is that weird position. So I would work in Thursday, Friday, but it is that weird time between Christmas and New Year where nobody really knows what day it is. Um, I hate it, it, me. It's that really strange bit, isn't it? Not Christmas um, or New Year, but like you said, that little bit of no man's land in between where everyone just leaves all thoughts and, you know. And, and any sort of consciousness of what day or time it is, like you said, yeah. it's just it's just fucking mental, isn't it? You lose your routine. Oh, you do lose your routine, and that's that's the position, isn't it? Um, uh, unfortunately, though, we're here to talk about the football, um, yes. which has been a little bit a little bit hit and miss, let's say, over the past few fixtures. So. Um, we had the Ipswich result, which, I, all right, was at home. And our home uh, versus our away form has been particularly variable, let's say. But um, we had that Ipswich result. And I think we all thought, right, OK, this is it now. This is the this is our opportunity to really make inroads into that, that gap. And then all of a sudden, uh, we come out of that game and into the next couple of fixtures. And it's all gone Pete Tong. We're no longer even in third. <laughs> it's not it's not possible to gain yeah. promotion before the turn of the year. Is it possible to miss out on it? 
by then. No, it's absolutely 100% possible. Uh, it's also possible to completely miss out on the playoffs as well. Um, I think that's a little bit of an extreme view. Um, I, I don't... Oh, is my mic quiet? It is a bit, yeah. Can you can you, can you not hear me? I wonder if little ones I can. Around. I can. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's... it's yeah, I think there's been a few, quite a few extreme um, reactionary um, tweets and stuff like that I've, that I've seen on Twitter. Obviously, I've not been on any podcasts for for a little while. I, uh, I tuned into Just Joe's and uh, I watched uh, Not Another Leeds podcast the other day, but this one obviously prior um, <laughs> the West Bromwich Albion defeat. <laughs> um, it was oh, I did not make for a very very pretty um, pretty place on Twitter uh, over the last couple of days. I've kind of stayed away from. But I've seen a few people um, going to such extremes as saying, is Daniel Farker the right guy to take us forward? Is he the right man? Would we have anyone else? And I just think, who else better, really, at this point in time, at this moment in time when we're sat just before another transfer window, would we possibly (laughs) get her that could improve our situation? Please, if anyone's out there, please let me know. Because I think that's just a massive overreaction from us all being a little bit upset that we've lost two on the bounce. Trying to change Daniel Farker at this moment in time is just fucking ludicrous. And I just don't understand why people are, are seriously keep even considering it. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, so I have an answer South, for that. Go on then. <laughs> Do you actually think Farker should go? Should go? No. Are you one of the, no, no, no. Oh, right, no, no, okay. no. Absolutely not. Okay. No, no. So I was winding you up last night when I said <laughs> we might fall out over that. I, do, I knew you um, were, but I, I just kind of thought, oh, he's got an answer for me. No, no. Um, well, no, I, 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 so before Farker came in, um, I quite fancied uh, somebody selling Potter the, um, the, the, the job as a, as a pinter He's done that particularly well elsewhere. And I thought that um, he could be the man for a project um, that would then take forward. The fact that we didn't do that and the fact that we're now on the cusp of the transfer window it's, it's madness to even contemplate. You know, when when we yeah. were we need to tap Marsh, we were saying we need to tap Marsh. Well, you were saying it at the start of the season. <laughs> you know, games, yeah. and, and you were saying it at the start of the season. And you also said sacked by Christmas. The problem is he should have been sacked before Christmas and he wasn't. But you can't change your manager at the end of December and expect to get success that season. So if we're already saying that we're in a position. And, and for me, I said success this season would yeah. be automatic promotion. And if we miss out on automatic promotion, I think it's a massive failure. No one saw it switch having the season that they've had so far. But no. at the same time, uh, and, and Leicester and Ipswich are breaking records. But at the same time, uh, we have a squad that is more than capable. We've seen it in the home form. Yeah. More than capable of getting promotion, and I think I still think now it will be failure if we don't, if we're not in the automatic spots at the end of the season. But I'm ready for that to be the case, mm. and still, if we're not, think that Farker is the right man for the job. We talked about the the job he did at Norwich, and the fact that um, they had a slow start to the first season that he was there, and then they walked promotion in the second season feels very much like a process we've gone through before, and I think I can yeah. cope with that. You know, it's a lot more fun. It, it's a lot more fun for me as an individual uh, than being in the Premier League getting beaten week in, week out, which is something actually that Luke said would be a positive that came out of relegation. And I went, there are no positives out of relegation. It, but it, just to reflect on what Luke said at the time, yeah, it, 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 it does feel different. I think overall, I think as a fan base, we've been poisoned by Marsh. Otter and Rads, and mm. I think that um, it still hurts now, and people are still suffering from last season and and the season before to to a certain extent, um, where it's just it's so easy for the entire fan base to turn negative because they're expecting all of that negativity. Now we've moved away from that. It feels like to me, but as a fan base, we're still trying to get over what's happened. Um, and and you know the if you think of peaks and troughs and ups and downs and where we go and where we've been, um, that that high of Bielsa's promotion season and then finishing ninth in the Premier League and then mm-hmm. what happened after that, it's no it's no wonder that people are still struggling to get over it. And I think that that feeds a lot into that um, that Farker position 
uh, where people are saying, is he the right man for the job? Because they're just worried that we're going to end up in the wilderness for so long again. Yeah. Um, yep. And I don't think that Farker is somebody... And if you look at... If you take the sides out of the championship this time round, um, where we are looking at Leicester breaking all records, Ipswich would have broken records at that point in time, if not for Leicester. <laughs> um, Southampton... Well, they, like, they already have broken records. Yeah, Ipswich have that's already what, broken I mean. records yeah, yeah. as, they, as um, they stand. Yeah, so if you take the three best sides, if we're not if we're not one of them, because I don't expect us to win uh, in the playoffs, um, if we are not one of the pr three promoted sides, you take the three strongest sides out of the championship and put the three worst sides from the Premier League into that championship, and we will romp it if the 49ers have a tight control as we expect them to have. Mm. I think what the 49ers have done to now has been good. Um, you know, if you, but you look at Gray, Ampadu, Somerville, Nonto, um, Rutter, Piro, you look at those players and you're thinking, right, okay, if you can keep that cut. Now, I've left out the defence for a very good reason. The only two defenders. So we've got two defenders that are on loan that are capable at this level. Uh, we've got one defender that we signed on a free that's on a short-term contract that's capable at this level. And we've got um, Cooper. Uh, we've got Pascal, <laughs> who's in a position where I don't think he's capable of anything above this level. And then we've got Super Duper. That's probably coming to the end of his term with us by the end of this season. Uh, Ailing's yeah. the same. So I think, you know, the, the defence itself needs a lot of work. If you look in front of the defence, if you keep the core of that together, the, then decide what's the league next season, especially with Farker into his second season. And that's exactly the pattern that he had at Norwich. I'm quite zen about it. There were a lot yeah. of words there. Did that all make sense? Yeah, it did. I don't think there's much uh, need for to go on, really. I think we might as well call it a day. You didn't really need me to come on at <laughs> We've not talked about the match yet. <laughs> um, fucking hell. <laughs> um, I don't really have a right lot to add to that regarding the whole the whole league position thing. Um, but, you know, if, if Southampton can improve so much where they leapfrog us into third and it looks like Ipswich might be having a look, uh, because they won't sustain what they're doing. They will not They will not sustain it for the for the rest of the year, Ipswich. In my opinion, given given the league positions now and, and everything that we've got um, in front of us after half a season, I think it might be a Leicester-Southampton one and two. We probably will be playing in the playoffs. We might be battling it out down there. Um, but, you know, for the benefit of the doubt, we have to give Fark at least in the half season. I mean, I, to me, this is to me this is complete and utter bullshit how people are fucking <laughs> saying this. So I can't believe I am actually saying this at this moment in time. But we have to give Fark the opportunity to, to play the rest of the season. We're only a, probably a left back and a number 10, a, a good number 10 away from unlocking these fucking shithouses that just want to sit in the frigging defensive castles all, all game. Because that's what that's that's what undo us. You know, that that is our untimely demise, is when we sit again. Uh, so we've got a massive fucking defensive line of dickheads that don't want to play football, that just want to shithouse a win. Like your West Broms, like your Coventries, like all the other teams that have managed to get points against us. Those are the way, that is the only way that teams will get any points against us. If they defend like fuck, and then they happen to get a bit of a fluky goal against us. Because uh, maybe our defense, our defense have switched off, or I don't know, maybe his fucking keepers got sent off, or something stupid like that. That's the only way it'll happen. Um, so, and you can reel them off, can't you? Sunderland, uh, Coventry, yeah, Cushcan, um, West, Bro uh, West Brom, yeah, um, Birmingham, Chef Wednesday, uh, Stoke. You, you know, Stoke's the, the, a massive one, yeah. Those aren't sides that play well. They aren't sides that played well against us. Um, but they are sides that took points away from us, um, and so I think um, I think that that is fair. Um, I was saying before that um, what I wanted to see in January was somebody like a young Buendia that will come in that will take all the games and carry carry the side through. We need um, a Pablo. It is. It's a Pablo. We I want a Pablo. That, that, that yeah. change of mind. If you remember the other day, I was saying what we need is yeah. an old head, an old head that is the ultimate professional that will come in, that will have the impact on the squad. You look at Strachan and the way that we got promoted, that, that Pablo, that... that, that the thing is... Know, Bielsa said that Pablo improved him as a coach. Yeah, we need because he was just the magician. Like There's that. a reason why we call yeah. him the magician. He was unreal. 
He, he, the, the guy was unreal. He's my favourite ever Leeds player, is Pablo Hernandez. And Strachan's, and Strachan's not far behind. But it, the thing is, with Strachan, he were a leader. And for me, I don't see that many leaders on that pitch. I think there's some bloody good players on that pitch. But if you if you captain strike and he's all the way back in defence, for me, uh, we've said this before, that, that there is a massive question mark over the captaincy at Leeds without, without Cooper being in the starting eleven. Strike... Um, for whatever you make of him, whether you think he's a good player or a bad player, I think he's all right. I think he does the job in the championship going forward. Maybe if we were to go back up to the Premier League, I'm a bit so-so. Uh, that's basically because of what I've seen when we were up there in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think for, for, for me... Last game pod on, on, on strike, I think we'd said if he were fourth-choice centre-back, we'd be okay. I'd be happy with him as a squad player, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, the sexy, the sexy pirate. Um, but I, I think we need more leadership going forward. And the the whole sticking six strikers up when it's all going to shit is the only time we ever look like we might actually do something for some reason. I don't know whether it's just hit the panic button and the team sense that we've hit the panic button and they all start trying a little bit harder because there's an actual... Rather than just the whole meandering from side to side and backwards and forwards and doing fuck all for 70 minutes... Let's throw a load of strikers on, to me, is a big fucking, not a red flag, but like a green flag for, right, it, this is shit or bust, we need a fucking score. So it's an indicator for the whole team to go, right, we need to fucking go for this. Why are we not getting them sort of signals before? Why is he not making these changes before? We, we've gone over this a million, million times. Why is Farker not making change? Why is he not implementing changes at good points, good opportunities in the game? rather than the last 10-15 minutes when it's going shit or bust, sticking a load of fucking strikers on, including Patrick Bamford, who's... Oh, God. It, did you see his touch on, on his, that little... Well, he passed it. I can't remember who he passed it to. He, he, he completely Anthony. fucked it up, and it went to Anthony on, on, yeah, on left wing. Um, and you said, oh, that was a quality pass by Bamford in chat, you print. And I'm like, shut up, Gilly. You fucking dickhead. I can't speak. Blood, he offers nothing. That guy offers nothing. And this is the thing. I saw a stat at the weekend saying that um, goals from substitutions or any sort of impact from substitutions, <laughs> yeah. we're right at the bottom of the league. Ne just one above. No, one just side. one above Huddersfield, who are on zero. <laughs> we're on one. And there's people in the comments saying, I, I saw Skip Skip saying, oh, we, should, we shouldn't have lost these teams you know, with this amount of quality in the squad. Yeah, you, you look at, yeah, we've got a lot of quality in the squad. But... What quality have we got that's coming on to impact games? Nonto isn't impacting games the way that he used to do or the way that we want to. Gellar, our shining little superstar in seasons past, he does absolutely fuck all. He's non-existent. you got Matteo Joseph who's coming on. Looks decent, to be fair, but he's coming on at the wrong opportunity. He's not even getting old in the game. Patrick Bamford might as well be a fucking myth. Well, he is a myth, but he might as well be floating <laughs> around in fucking stands selling pies for all I care because he's fucking shit. Love the guy, I think he's great. So Cracking podcast. Cracking podcast, Paddy, but you're fucking dog shit and we need better. Um, I want to touch so, on yeah. that because um, there was somebody that was having that similar rant um, why we were bringing Bamford on and not Nonto. Um, and and um, let's have a look at the impact that Nonto has compared to the impact that Bamford has. And, and I, I was a bit confused by that because I don't think that Nonto's had any form of impact at all on the games he's been coming on in either. But we're in a position where Nonto's had approximately 750, 800 minutes across 17 games. Paddy's had 150 yeah. across 17 games. How can <clears throat> we expect somebody with so few minutes across so many games to actually have an impact? Why is he not getting enough minutes, though? Because, because he's, he's not been doing enough. Because he's shit. He's shit. And is the, is the, <laughs> is no, like, like, let's, 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 be, let's be truthfully honest here. If, if, if you were bringing Patrick Bamford from our first Premier League season, or maybe one of the seasons where Bielsa were in charge in the Championship, I would have a small glimmer of hope. But we are not. We have got this shadow, this shell of a former player that's coming on with his fucking bleached hairdo. I don't know whether he's tried to do a Britney Spears and reinvent himself. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck he's going to do. But he's just, just not performing. He's just no good time i see him come on the field for well that's that then because it will not impact the game in any way shape or form he will probably miscontrol a ball his movement might be great but he's not getting the ball he's not making use of the ball he's doing nothing to impact the game so what on earth are we using him for because we've got no one else we have literally got no one else and that is the only reason apparently and my, is my mind crackling 
It is, yeah. I thought it was is just it? me, so I wasn't going to say anything. It is, yeah. Oh no. Um, let me drop. So let I me. Think... You, you just, you just carry on. I'll, I'll drop out and see if I can fix no, no, it. That, that's, that's fair. Um, I, I think the, the points being made around the impact that Bamford has had, I think it's fair. But I think at the same time, um, it's, it's not right to expect a player to have an impact on games having had no minutes. Um, you know, the fact that he's been um, coming back from uh, lengthy injuries. He, he came back, scored against uh, Brentford, injured himself in the celebrations, was off forever again. We saw how upset he was that he'd been injured. I think having a fit Bamford at that point in time would have been a major difference to us. Um, but we can't go back over old ground again. But I think the position that we're in now is he is a player that's capable of things that we've seen from him. Um, but he's also a massive confidence player and that confidence is just completely lacking. Um, but he will never be in a position to rebuild that confidence while Levy's not getting minutes. But the fact that you're trying to give him minutes to a player that's not confident and not scoring and not having an impact is, is where, where do you go? Um, and it does feel to me, uh, I, I would I would have loved nothing more than him come on and uh, bag a brace and whatever else and, and build his confidence. But it's just not working for him. I, 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 do, I would do, mate. I echo that, and, and I appreciate everything that Patrick Bamford has done for this for this squad. I really, really do. But for me, at the end of the last season, <clears throat> along with a couple of others that shouldn't have been here at Leeds anymore, I think Bamford had had his time. I think we should have. I mean, no, I, I know why he's still here. We don't need to go into that. The fact that obviously he's got a ridiculous contract and no, literally no one wants him. But he's just he, he's just not good enough. He doesn't have it that. I'm going to say something like fucking shit like I of the Tiger or something stupid. You know, he doesn't have that deadly strikerness about him anymore. He really doesn't. He looks like a wet sausage that's running around like a flipping dipstick with blonde hair. He does. <laughs> a, wet and it, a wet sausage. Well, he is. <laughs> he does. It looks like this gangly frigging sausage with a bloody lot of you know, blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't have any confidence in him. He don't have any confidence in himself. There's dickheads that boo him in the crowd. I mean... Fucking Jesus! Even I'm not even I'm not even that bad, you know. <laughs> I, I will not. I will not boo. I will not boo any of our players when they are coming on the pitch. I might boo a performance. I've never have done, but you know, if, if I fancy the moment, if I'm in the moment, I might do. But I would never ever boo a player that's coming onto the field, and that's what that's what you've got. You, he's, I think you've got a player that's never ever going to perform in front of a crowd that's going to boo him when he comes on the field. Never. Yeah. Especially when it's somebody that we've seen um, game vary so much dependent on the levels of confidence that he's got at any given time. Yeah. It's just undercut right from the outset. I will be honest, in the cheese and in the northeast, which is where I tend to uh, land a ticket for the match days, as I'm a member and not season ticket holder, um, on the queue since 2018, but never mind, I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> it's, I've not heard the booze, so it must be South Stand. For you to be able to hear that, I mean, it might be other. Oh yeah, other, I am in South Stand. I do hear it. Yeah, it, it, it might be other areas of the ground as well, but I've not heard it in the cheese or in the NEL. Um, so it's an interesting one that. But yeah, I mean, um, for the last game for West Brom, it's one of the longest stretches we've had with him on the pitch. I think one of the bigger problems that we've got is um, even if he was playing well. The side out looking for him. They're not set up to play yeah, yeah. with the nine in the way that he plays. They're just not not there to. No. It, it needs an entire change to not just the way, not not just the personnel that are on the pitch, but the way that we play has to completely change in order for us to get anything out of him anyway. And that doesn't happen yeah. either. This whole start, the, the whole style of having to try or trying to walk goals in is really starting to wear thin on me. And you looked when we were at our most dangerous and when we were really penning West Bromwich Albion. I, I should just call them. West Brom. I don't know why I'm calling them West Bromwich Albion. Anyway, I don't know why I'm going the full hog. I don't know. Maybe it's a Sunday thing. Who knows? I like um, this <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Still know. Um, yeah, the, when we when we penned them in and we were more effective when we were swinging crosses in. So when you had your Jaden Anthony swinging some crosses in, even Dan James started making a little bit of a nuisance of himself down the right wing and started, you know, attempting some crosses. Granted, we don't really have anyone in there to, to frigging nod him in or whatever, especially not Bamford, 50p head. In fact, I think he got his head nearly to one and I expected it to go completely the other direction. That's that's how much confidence I've got in him. 
Um, but there's uh, oh, Mr. Dodo's in the comments. I want some 35 yard screamers. This, this is I've said this for so so long, and it's something that just completely blows my mind. Adam Reach came on the field, and I said, <laughs> and I said, oh, it's Reach. Watch this fucker smash with him from 30 to 40 yards. Watch him, because he does it, and that's what he's known for, just like Click used to do for us. If you remember in the Sheffield Wednesday game we won side, he smashed one in, and then Click smashed one in, that were probably even better. You know, that's what we're missing. Something that can just break that deadlock, a 35-yard screamer, maybe not even a 35-yard, they were penned into chuffing their, their own box for the last 10 minutes at bloody game. Have a bloody go from outside chuffing box, man. You de- you never know. You stick it in freaking onion bag, it's going to go diddle-diddle like a little freaking pinball. You don't know what's going to happen. We haven't scored a shitty, scrappy goal like that this season, really. You know, it's, it's fucking, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating that we're trying to walk goals in against fucking 11 players behind the ball. Just have yeah. a go from distance, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know we, we, it's not like we don't have the players that have got the technical capability to do that. We do have that. We've seen that we've got players that are capable of striking a ball and that are capable of playing an attack. Yep. So, just just have... And again, I think that's a lot of confidence as well. You know, we're not, we're not the Arsenal Invincibles that were walking goals in because they absolutely could do it no. with the competence to come in, you know, with, with players coming out of midfield and into attack and all of the interplay and various so ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. Oh, it's gone in goal. And they yeah. did it on, a, on such a regular basis. We've been victim of it. Pong. It's happened to us this season. Did a little, little shitty, yeah. oh, fucking hell. Because, you know, someone's not cleared the lines or someone's, you know, it's bounced off someone or it's deflected off someone. Deflections, how many bloody deflected goals are scored in a season? <laughs> yeah. Look at Ipswich, every frigging second goal of theirs is deflected somehow. They're so, fu- they're so lucky. You know, he, he, um, if, you, if you think of, I can't remember who it was, um, he missed it a shot and it went in, and he missed it across and, and it landed at Perot's feet, I think it was, and he finished it. Um, it, it you know, we, but you need to be taking that chance and we're just not. So I, I think if yeah. we just come back to <clears> West Brom, <throat> come back to the game um, that we're here to talk about in the first place. So um, it, we, we think of the lineup. So uh, we had Dallow in that, which we knew was going to happen. Um, because Melly is an idiot and react, actually Melly is a child and reacted in a, a bad way to a situation where yep. we should have been uh, benefiting, not been the victims of. Um, spent it right back. Why did I right? Yeah, keep it as line. it is for now. Yeah, did, no, he's did, didn't really. Um, he's, get, I, I, don't, I don't think he got found out too much. No. Um, I think, yeah, Spence, Spence is a good player. You can tell he's a good player, but sometimes I think he's, he seems a little bit lazy and I, I'm not really sure on his attitude yet. I haven't really worked him out for myself yet. I think he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but there's something about him that I'm not 100% settled on yet and I don't know what it is, but I'm sure I'm sure that over the next few games I will find out. Byron were a nice uh, addition to the squad. Uh, unlucky to get an well, offside let's goal as well. Let's just work his way through the 11s. <laughs> um, so we done spend. So Rodon and Cooper, much <clears> more balanced than having strike. I thought that, I thought that the two centre backs played really well together. I was surprised how well Cooper did actually, but I just think that you know the, the chaos that Strike and, and Cooper seem to you know brew up together. I think he's just it just proves how how well. Um, would play with a better player like you know someone like Rodon who's got some legs who can recover balls that might get a little bit too far away from the old boys. I mean, Strike's not an old boy, um, you know. He's, 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 like a, he's a young, he's a young kid, but sometimes he can play like a bit of a geriatric. Um, <laughs> he's a good player, like I say, he's a bit of a good player. Is is Strike? He has got bits in his locker, but I think luckily he's been bailed out by Rodon a few times this season. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people have overlooked that. Rodon's our best best defender by an absolute mile, a country mile. Um, but yeah, him and, him and Cooper, yeah, I were kind of expecting us to be completely dog meat at the back at, um, the other day. And, and, and they were they were pretty strong. They, they did well. And Cooper's a good voice. Cooper's a good lad to have at the back. You know, regardless of what he's playing like now, you know, he might be past it slightly for, for the where we want to be. But, you know, he's a good voice and he's a good captain, a good leader. Um, it's just a shame that he's not a little bit further forward, trying to direct or dictate play a little bit further up the field. But, but yeah, strike and uh, sorry, Rodon and, and Cooper, very happy with them. So you mentioned Byram. Um, I thought he it was a bit of a difficult game for him, but I thought a lot of that was um, him not being helped out by his winger, yes. and he was constantly two on one, 
uh, with massive gaps where he were tucking inside to track a man, leaving loads of space for um, for, for their for, for them to get it wide. And it, often it was a midfielder that were dropping out there and take advantage of the space. So I don't think that's necessarily Byron uh, not doing his job. But if you look at the um, the space, so Wallace would either stand out there and the midfielder would move into the wing and then come inside and Byron would have to track him. Um, or Wallace would come inside and, and um, th there were a, a couple of midfielders and you might have seen Malumbi going out there. They, and they were taking advantage of that. And I think that was the disappointment for me is one... Somerville not doing his, his job where he's got to provide that cover, unless he's told to do otherwise. But then that too is, one, either Farker didn't see that and didn't react to it, or yeah. did see that and that was the intent because he wanted to leave Somerville further up the pitch so that we could hurt them. But that just wasn't happening either. Um, yeah. And I think that was my disappointment is I could see that, you know, is could see that and we need a manager to be able to see that and react to it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't react to a lot of stuff. Um, I can't remember the the wingers, uh, the left winger's name, Preston. Um, what were he called? Their their oh, best it was player. Spelt stupid, wasn't it? It had um, an oh, A instead of an E. Miller. Miller. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He were he were a great player. Um, and I, I think, think we were he was. I, did, I, I didn't think he played particularly well. I think he's. I think, um, I think he's a, a Jack Clark. He's somebody that that's all right. He's very one. Di he's very one dimensional. And you let but him he's come on his right. This is what I'm saying. This is where I'm going. They, they, they let him play. They let him do what he wanted to do. And he gave Archie Gray a really, really torrid time. If you're a manager and you can see Archie Gray struggling with a player of limited ability, let's be honest, he's not he's not the best winger we've ever seen against us, certainly not in the re most recent years. But you could see what he were doing and it were effective. And he'd cut inside. Yeah, he'd cut inside a lot. He's not a Jack Clark because Jack Clark can flick all of a sudden. He, he used to be like that, did Clark, but all of a sudden he can flick it back onto his left. Can Clark? He's a, he's a much he's a much better player than what he used to be for us. I, I, that a opinions like assholes. Everyone's got one. Don't yeah, matter what I'm talking true. about. Jack I, Clark. I think he's um, a title championship winger and won't be ever yeah, much more than that. Which is fair, but Miller isn't as good as Clark. Um, I, I don't think, but he's still effective, and what he did was effective. Um, you know, and, and, and Gray was having a really, really torrid time. Why is he not doubling players up? Why why are we not changing tact from perhaps trying to draw them in and then obviously counter attack? Why are we not having why are we not helping Archie Gray out and clearly minimalizing their most, you know, their their best player, their most effective player? People do it to us. You've got yeah. two players on Somerville usually. <laughs> You've got fucking two players on, on, on Rutter if he's if he's cooking around. I mean, obviously you don't need anyone on Piro at the minute because he just he's he's like this fancy man that just goes whatever he wants and kinda of goes a little bit missing. It's like Harry Potter in his invisibility cloak. Um it's just why are we not seeing where the the most damage is gonna be coming from? Why are we not fucking helping out players at certain sides? Why are we not doing it? We overload on wings when we're attacking. Why don't we overload on wings when we're defending as well? I don't I don't understand why we're not doing this. And this is just a couple of gripes I've got with Fark. Not saying Fark should believe, like a lot of people are. <laughs> Fuck Fark, we should get someone else who's going to magically turn this wonderful season around and stop Leicester winning and stop Southampton winning and stop Ipswich winning and just magically catapult us into the fucking first position. You know, I think people need to just, you know, wake up and smell the coffee a little bit when they're, when they're wishing for stuff like that because it's just ridiculous. Um, I don't really have what else to say about the defensive players. Do you want to move into midfield? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah, we can move into midfield. Before I start another tangent about the league again. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so Ampadu played midfield for much of the game, moved to right back inexplicably to me uh, at, at, at a certain point. Um, through the game, about 60 minutes, I think it was, he dropped out there. But but Ampadu played in midfield alongside Gruev, um, who some people, there are a couple of people on, on Twitter that, that already want to cast him aside, say he's not good enough for the side. Oh, Gruev. Yeah, I thought he did all right. I don't I don't understand what, what, what some of these people see me. I really, really don't. I think if you've got 
an opinion about someone, it's hard to shake that opinion, especially if it's quite a raw opinion, a strong opinion on, on, a, on a specific player. We've not seen, we've said this before, I, I've I've cooked him a little bit on a previous podcast, but I did say with hindsight that we've not seen enough of him in any game time. I think it was a cup game that he played. I think it was against Salford where he played and I thought he would have been fish. But you can't expect these players, you know, I'd be a bit of a hypocritical, hypocritical of me to say so after roasting Bamford who's hardly had any minutes, but... My my mind's made up on Bamford, but this is but that that's that's my opinion, and obviously I've got my eyes and my crosshairs set on Bamford, like people might have against Gruet, but I think it's probably unfair because he is a good player, and I think he did all right against West Brom. I, I thought he was fine, but for me, you've got Ampadu and Gruet who are literally exactly the same player. So I you've think, got two um, of the same player. I, I think that that's a fair comment. I think. Um, we just looked light without Ampadu in there is my is my issue. And I think we just wanted to get Gruev some minutes before. So Kamara uh, dropped out for a rest or whatever it was, or just to get some minutes into Gruev's legs. But I do expect that Gruev... So we, we've spoken before that it were Kamara and Gray for one midfielder slot that's slightly further forward, and it were Gruev and um, Ampadu for the deeper sitting role. But yep. to me, Ampadu's the one that anchors the entire side. He drops when he needs to drop. He's got totally the intelligence agree. to get forward. He's still a young player, but he's got such a maturity about him. But he's also got that, and I know that you might scoff at this, he's got that ability that Forshaw had to turn on the ball and all of a sudden he's got five yards of space. And you're like, well, how have you done that? Because it would have congested midfield and all of a sudden you've got the ball and you've got mm-hmm. space. And then he can find a pass. Um, yeah. I think if you take that out and you play Gruev and Kamara, I think there was... Potentially too much of unbalancing there. Um, that that would just be a bit too much. I do expect now that in the cup, Gruev will start, and I think Ampadu will drop out now that Gruev's had, had that game to go at. And Paddy will uh, start as well. See... Yeah, he might well do. I hope he does. I hope he does. I, I do. don't give a shit about the cup, and I want him to get some minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, actually, yeah. if you give him uh, <clears> a chance and a run at a game, and you say to him for this game, you are my man. You go show me what you can do. If at that point we're still not seeing anything, but he's had the minutes, then it feels more fair to then judge him for that. I think it's it's too much to judge him right now when he just mm. hasn't had those minutes. So I, I hope he does. Yeah. Um, but I think we might see Gruev. We might even see Archie Gray uh, play alongside Gruev, which I would quite like uh, in that in that setup back in midfield, away from right back. If Spence and Byron are going to play, um, and obviously Gray Gray drops out for the West Brom game, I think we needed him to. We said at the start of the season, we're really in danger of being in a position where we just plays every game and we burn him out. And we don't want to be yeah. in that position either. You know, Especially 17. of this period. Yeah. Um, so we've seen, you know, we've seen the Christmas and New Year period coming. The games do come thick and fast. They've done so for us as a podcast and we struggled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. oh, absolutely. When uh, um, Wayne Birdsell's in the comments and he makes a, a, a relatively good point, he says, uh, system-based football needs training time. Four games in 10 days killed us and had Christmas. What on earth? I've got some sort of advert going on in my head. Um, <laughs> happy with Fart from what he's inserted in five months. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's fair. Oh, we've got a big echo now. What are you doing? I don't know what the hell is going on with my AirPods, <laughs> AirPods even. I have no idea what the hell's just happened there. <laughs> I just had some advert playing in my ears. I don't know if I'm echoing. Uh, you're not echoing. I'm echoing through you. What the fuck is going on here? Why Why? Why do we get so many technical issues on this bloody pod? I'll mute myself two seconds. What the <laughs> no, fuck is going on? Man? I'm just going to spin through a couple of um, uh, a couple of comments just whilst Marley sorts himself out. Um, Alison made a point. Our team's too nice. We need a bit of grit. I think um, if you look at Ampadu and you look at Gruev, yeah, I scoffed earlier when um, when Smarty said who his favourite player was and it was Pablo. I love Pablo. I think he's great. I went to Spain to actually watch him play for Castellon. Um, but um, my favourite player is Batty and um, Vinnie Jones is up there as well because they, they were people that would just absolutely smash somebody. Um, and every so often, I think we need that. And I think um, Alison's fair in what she's saying. Our team's too nice. We need a bit of grit. I think if you look at um, Ruta is strong, but he's strong on the ball, holding people off. Uh, he's not going to put a big tackle in. Piro's the same. Uh, we started with Nonto and Somerville against West Brom. They're not going to put in a meaty tackle. 
the only player out of any of our forwards that will do that is Dan James. Um, he loves putting a, a big a big tackle in. Um, but for me, I think Alison's right. We do need somebody that will take a hold of games, including taking a hold of opponents, not like Melier did, but doing it properly. Um, so I think um, that that's a fair comment. Colson Toast also in the comments as well. I don't agree with people saying that Farker, but can we at least swap Ruta and Perot around on the pitch? I started this one because we've we've uh, do you know this is something that I'm bored of talking about, and I wish that it would kind of been put to bed by Farker going, look, I know what I'm doing in his in his presser um, that was probably a couple of months ago now. Um, the problem is we're not scoring enough goals and he's saying, I know what I'm doing. Look at what I did with Norwich. Um, if we were conceding one goal that we conceded against West Brom, but we were knocking them over three or four one, then that wouldn't have been such an issue. But we're not doing that. We're not in that position where we are scoring a lot of goals and, and it's free flowing football at the moment away from home. I will stress. Um, so that will always lead to this question of Rutter and Perot. So I, I think we're kind of almost playing the false nine. We spoke about the way that the, the side is playing with Bamford on the pitch and it's not playing to, all right, you might scoff again on this one, it's not playing to Bamford's strengths. You know, he plays on the last man. He wants the ball in early. Um, he wants a cross to be played early. That's not what we do. It's just not what we do. Bamford needs a Pablo-esque kind of player that can give him them sort of balls does. on a sixpence. Yeah, and we don't Absolutely have that does. at the minute. But he also needs a Pablo kind of player behind him that you were talking about that will make the most of the space that he creates because he does still do that. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, um, I, I think... Um, I don't know if you heard um, when I was talking about Alison's point about we, we're too nice, we need a bit of grit. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. That, that, that is fair. I think this is still a fair question as well about Rutter and Piro. I, I wish it had been put to bed, but it hasn't. Because they're still not getting enough goals, and it can't be put to get. Go on. I I was going to say it can't be put to bed because Piro is so ineffective in most games, especially ones where we seem to be coming up against a defensive line. You just don't see him; he goes missing. He he has no impact on the game. All all he will do is basically another, you know, Gruev or another Ampadu further up the bloody field. He'll just pass the ball back into into a safe space. Well, we don't need that. We want someone no. who perhaps, if you're going to do something, go and ruffle a, fr- uh, a few feathers up. Go and go and hassle someone. Go and fucking leave something on someone. Like you said, we're too soft. We're too nice. Um, and I don't know where this has come from, to be honest. Um, but, you know, we need to be more aggressive, much more aggressive. Our players get the absolute shit kicked out of them. We don't get any protection from the referee. So if we're going to do it, then we might as well freaking take it out on them and, and try and impact the game that way ruffle their feathers a little bit rather than having yeah. our feathers ruffled to chuffing death because that's all we seem to be getting at the minute. You play but, with feathers yeah. and you get your ass tickled. Someone needs their ass tickling, absolutely. <laughs> but I would, um, you know, you, you see Rutter constantly dropping deep to, you know, collect possession of the ball. You know, he's, he's side by side with, with Piro. Why not just leave Piro? I mean, I, the, the conversation won't go to bed until we've actually seen it work or not work with our own eyes because at the end of the day we're not idiots you know we might whatever we are we are football fans but, <laughs> but a lot of us a lot of us make good you know good points i want to see piru playing in that number 9 position because he's good with the ball he got he's got good feet he shows good strength he has the qualities there he played there for Swansea and with their top frigging scorer. Rutter's constantly dropping deep to take on players, you know, and, he, and he's so good at it. And it's enjoy- he really is, you know, enjoyable to watch Rutter skin five players and then perhaps, you know, do another little fancy turn and he'll spoon it to keeper or whatever. Whatever he does, I'm obviously I'm always joking, but I want to see Rutter playing in the 10 and I want to see Piru, for now, before we, you know, perhaps maybe sign one in January transfer window, I want to see Piru playing play, play further forward. Put it to bed. Put it to bed properly. Let us see with our own eyes. So we're we're not, you know, a little bit hesitant to say, will this work? Will it not work? Because I think it will. I I actually think it will. You've got someone like a poacher like Piru playing a number fucking ten role. What good or use is that? The, the, for me, it, there is yeah. no use in it. He offers nothing. He offers nothing in the position that he's playing, and we might as well just not bother and have him on the bench. So I think that's true when we're away from home. But he seems yes. a different player when we're at home. Yes, he does. And I, and I don't we're know a different what that team is, but he does seem a different player. And he's much more... Yeah, we are. And he's much more effective. Now, whether that's because um, 
Well, do you know, I was going to say if that's be, whether that's because sides drop off against us. But the sides that drop off against us are the ones that we struggle against. I, I'm not I'm not sure what the answer there is. We are a different side at home, completely different. And uh, you do wonder if that's the impetus that we talked about at the start of this podcast. You know, do they go into it with a different mindset of, we need to get at these, we're at home, we're going to get untold amounts of shit if we don't get at them. Um, and that does bring us on to uh, just the last comment that I've starred for now from Twin Seventy One. What's your lads' views on the reluctance to change tactics away from home, maybe play three in midfield? And I think there is um, something to be said about a different uh, approach away from home. Whether it's that we've got one already, and instead of going out to win, we're going out to not lose, and it's not working for us, or whatever that might be. There's clearly there's a different mindset, whether it's intentional or not. There's definitely a different mindset when we're playing away from home. We are a completely different team. Um, if you look at the forward line that we had against West Brom, and I'm, we're just going to talk about them all as an amorphous blob rather yeah, than yeah. Player, player by player, we had Nonto, which a lot of people wanted to see come in um, because he's also not been particularly effective. Is your washing machine on fast spin? <laughs> oh, can you hear it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so we've 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 well, right the professional outfit. This um, <laughs> it's Sunday morning. What do you want me to do? Yeah, <clears throat> we've we've Nonto um, starting for for good or ill. Um, I don't think he'd done enough to earn a starting berth. But actually, what we needed to do was chop and change some of the starting lineup, given the number of games that we've got and we've had, and we need to involve the other players, the fringe players that haven't been getting as many minutes. So he started. Mm. Piro Rutter and Somerville are, 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 are the other four. I think as an attacking unit, that should be far more than good enough to get results at this level. Um, and to me, I don't know what it was, and I don't know if it's being away from home or whatever that might be, uh, but to me, we were nowhere near good enough in attack, and that's where this all broke down. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and like we said already, we've alluded to the fact that, you know, in the last 10, 15 minutes, you'll stick six strikers or six attacking players and we seem to have a little bit of something about us. But by then, they've literally, our position will just shut the shop. We'll literally close all the doors, block all the exits, and we've got no chance. But, you know, it, it's 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 getting a little bit boring now, the whole yeah. no, no real plan B, especially when we're away from home. Home, it's just like you say, it's a completely different, completely different atmosphere, completely different setup. I don't know whether that's Ellen Road or what you know, what what little we've had to do with it this season. I think the atmospheres have been poor, but are getting better. But I don't know what it is. I mean, people go on about gone about bloody kit curses and we can't play. It's these kits that we've got that you know. It's definitely that. It's one hundred percent that we need. You know it. it. I think Acid FC, um, you know, they they've shown some massive, massive bollocks for openly saying that those kits are theirs because they're so shit that uh, I think it is really, really brave of them to, to take all bit, of the heat from that's that. That's a bit of a take, is that? I mean, I really oh, like our blue on. kit. I, lo I love our blue kit. Our third kit is worse than Arsenal's yellow and black bullshit. Our third I actually, kit is Do you know what? I actually like that kit as well. I actually oh, think that Arsenal right. kit is the nice kit as well. I was oh, looking at it over there and think, that's actually pretty smart, is that? I mean, I won't, I won't buy it, but it's a five-a-side shirt. Um, but is, yeah, in fact, is it uh, yellow or is it green? I am colourblind. It, it is, no, it is yellow. It's like a... It's not a luminous greeny yellow, but it's, it's bright. It is a bright yellow. I think it's nice, that. Oh. I, I like a, bit, a little bit of kits that are a bit out there, which is why I think... I mean, we are proper going off on some hell of a chuffing tangents today. I don't... I wasn't particularly fond of the rhubarb when it came out. Um, I'll be honest... I was one of the first to tweet, what the this F is, is that? Awful. Because it looks like someone's been sick. Someone's eating a pineapple <laughs> pizza and it has been sick all over it. And anybody eating um, a pineapple pizza ought to be in jail, let's be honest. We should be. We shouldn't be eating pineapple pizzas at this bloody time anyway, 11 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it's Christmas. You can do whatever you want. It's probably people tucking into some chocolate somewhere, some selection boxes. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Blue Away kit, I think, sublime. I really, really do like that. I really do think it's a nice <laughs> kit. And I think you probably find that ninety nine percent of the uh, of the fan base will agree. I think you. Um, Why can't we win in it then? It's because it's uh, shit. Because we're shit. Uh, we're. <laughs> but we're not. We're not shit. Because well, we are clearly white kit. Yeah, no. true. That's a point. So anyway, you look at the side that we had at the end of the game. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run through the um, the players that we brought <clears> on. Uh, Anthony, for Spence. So winger for fullback. 
James for Byram, winger for fullback, Furpo for Ampadu. I mean, all right, that we're on 90 minutes. I don't know what we're going on there. Um, Bamford for Nonto, which is a striker for a winger, uh, and Joseph for Somerville, which is a striker for a winger. So all we've really done there is um, change defenders for attackers, really. Yeah. And Furpo, um, to, to be fair to him, isn't bad going forward. You know, he has a little bit about him. He's a hell of a lot better going forward than he go, than he is bloody tracking or yeah, making tackles at the back, um, which is probably why he made that substitution. But yeah, like I say, he went shit or bust, and he was kind of hoping for a Norwich, I think. You know, we'll stick a few attackers on and see if we can, you know, impact it that way. But it didn't work because West Brom are a good team. Um, you know, it might work against the lesser squads, maybe against Birmingham's or something like that. It might work against them. But I don't think for, for a squad that's as well-disciplined and as well-drilled as West Brom were on uh, the other night, I, I don't think it'll work. Well, it didn't, did it? So there's your evidence. It absolutely didn't, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, for me, it is the kits. It absolutely, and I think that's what's wrong with them. Is they're having to they're having to wear shite on the backs, uh, and at home they get to wear a nice kit. Um, what is wrong with blue and yellow? What is wrong with blue and yellow? Yellow this season, blue and light green. Kits, what's wrong with or turquoise, whatever you want to call it? Blue and turquoise. What's kits, wrong with that? We had a yellow kit and we had a blue mm. kit, and we got to Champions League semi final. Yeah. So there you go. There's your evidence. We that's also got relegated in the same colour scheme. Scientific empirical proof of <laughs> so, potential around a kit. In fact, actually, did we get were the were the blue kit the white and Mackay one? Were it the white uh, and Mackay whiskey one that, that we got? Really? Stripey thing. Yeah, really that, that pin stripes. that pinstripe one. Yeah, I think so, it might so, have been that. But... That's, and, and the worst um, <clears throat> uh, sponsor that we've had, that White and Mackay, were awful. But the O three, the O three season that we nearly got relegated wore, wore the yellow, white, and blue scheme. We didn't though. know. Premier we didn't know. We didn't know. But we had a <laughs> shit season, mate. So there you go. It's, you know, we really, um, really can't blame it on kits, like. But you know, no, definitely, definitely down to kits. Um, we've not, we've not spoken about the referee. Um, uh... I, 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 I don't really want to go out on this negative tangent, and I wanted to do this earlier, and we just didn't get round to it. Um, I think, I think. It, it, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure whether the Ruta one was a, a penalty or not. I think that's one that can go yeah, either way. We, we had an absolute we had an absolute stonewall penalty beyond that. Um, but my biggest issue with him was the absolute lack of protection of our players. Yeah, yeah. The way which that is it's see, a common theme at the minute now. It is the way that you see um, the, the the setup, the way that you see our players playing. And the way that you see a, a, a position trying to deal with that, they're trying to old man them. And old man in a player basically means stopping an athletic ability that's greater than your own, in yeah. effect. Um, yeah. You know, I played centre half all my time playing football until I had a knee injury. And when I was young, I was fast and I would be doing what um, Rodon's doing. I would be helping out my centre half partner, who typically was 45, 50 years old, would win all of the headers and I'd do all of his running for him. And but it he worked. had all the experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it worked. And then later on, I got into my 30s. I've got a kid next to me doing all my running for me and I'm winning all headers uh, and taking out glory. And I think that, that, you know, we're in a position where I was able to physically dominate my opponents. Because they were quick little kids that you just, you just, you know, you go in with a lunge, and it's very, very different at amateur level. But you're going for a lunge, you know, right? Okay, there's a ball there. Here's me letting letting him know what's going to happen every time he shows me some ball. I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to absolute flatten him. And at amateur level, you get away with that. In professional football, you don't get away with that all the time. There's no, there's no such thing, or there should be no such thing as it's my first one. I think we are seeing a lot of that. And what we are seeing is uh, employment of 70s and 80s tactics where a team... In fact, it's the way that we handled um, Ronaldo. If you look at some of the videos of the way that we handled Ronaldo, especially Batty, kill he'd absolutely Batty and go in and, you, it? and nearly kill him. Um, and, and then the next one to put a big tackle on him would be somebody else. And you always got away with that, that one. And then you'd get a booking after that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we do see sides doing that against our wingers. Perfect example were West Brom. Yeah, it, they, they took they, they they absolutely went through us. They were fouling us constantly, constantly, constantly. 
one of them will pick a yellow card, then the other one will pick a yellow card, and they'll go through the whole team getting a yellow card, and then when the push comes to shove, he'll fucking whip them off like he did with bloody, uh, I think, Broom, was it? Broom got taken off, they stuck another one on, and then he had another go at chuffing, you know, getting stuck into the team. And it's, it's, it's what you're saying. We're asking for more protection of the players. We aren't going to get it. So we need to we need to find a way of getting around this and either do it back to them. So obviously we're making the referee, um, well, potentially maybe maybe even booking our players. But if he's going to book one, then he has to book the other. You know, I just, I just, it's just incredible how much how much shit we're getting and and they just, it's like they're allergic of, of using the cards in the first half. I know I understand that we want to see a more free uh, free flowing game of football, but we don't want to see injured players. You know, I can't remember. Um, I think it was Ipswich. Um, it was certainly one of our last home games. There were a yellow card offence in the first three or four minutes, and then another one about eleven or twelve minutes yeah. in. It's like these players are clearly got some sort of yeah, exactly. They've got they've got they've been told to do this. They've been told to to ruffle us up, to kick the fucking shit out of us, and we won't like it. To be fair, it doesn't really seem to impact our performances. In all fairness to us, it, I mean, you might you might think something different, but as far as I can see, the fact that we are getting the shit kicked out of us really hasn't you know um, stopped us playing the way we're playing. It frustrates us Good as fans more than anything else, I think. Yeah, it does. Um, but that 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 I mean, you don't like to see him given, but if that um, Rutter challenge with the one that we're on about for the, for the penalty, if that was in the Premier League, if VAR would have covered that, that would have been a penalty because the guy has literally slid alongside him. He's he's taken, I mean, he's not taken him out, but he's taken Rutter down. There's contact. And right at the end, he's just happened by chance, if you look, his foot's gone over the ball and his back foot has actually clipped it. He's already taken the fucking player out. George is already and on the floor. You can't go through going, the man to get the ball. You yeah. can't, you can't. Nonto, he'd been frigging flipped round on back on himself. I mean, yeah, that was what? a rugby tackle. It's like so those are two now. absolute stone fucking wallers, and I don't give a shit what anyone says. I'm going to blow your mind now. Um, the number of yellow cards was even between the sides yeah. against West Brom, and uh, the number of cards was one each. Yeah. All I of think Nonto, was, was it Nonto that got all yellow for us because he was complaining Grew at ref? What it grew of? Um, so he, I'm looking at BT, so they might have missed some. Or it might look weird when there's been subs made. Um, but there's only Gruev that's listed as getting a yellow card for us and only Kipre for them. That's not right, I don't think. I'm sure there were more than one one yellow given to them. I thought sure there were. were. Um, I'm not absolutely that's, sure. That's what who, is it list, who is it listed? Who is it listed that's got the yellow card? Kipre for them. Centre back. That Broom uh, is it number uh, there is it their captain or their number eight Broom? Him that scored. Is. I could be wrong with name. I don't really pay much attention yeah, to opposition teammates. Who is it? Is there? Is it? Is there one of their defenders, Broom or something? No. Fuck no. I don't know. I don't know where <laughs> the hell, I've just imagined their chuff that from. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check our app uh, and see what it says for stats because that, that's bullshit. That it, or maybe it maybe I just fucking lost the plot. Just not played. <laughs> just not played. Paid any attention? Not played any attention either. Um, no. But yeah, ultimately Whatever. the refs are shit. Uh, West Brom is shit. Um, we were shit. Refs are diabolical. Oh, I can't speak. Um, yeah, so I, I think um, uh, we are in a position now where, um, all, as fans, all we can do is just is just try and enjoy the ride. Um, it's certainly enjoyable at home, um, and I think um, everybody that we've we've got um, is. Hang on. Blazed race, strong ball kit was cursed. Everyone you got on the back left shortly after. Well, <laughs> that's, 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 a right. that's a good point. That's a good point. That's okay. Um, but um, yeah, I think um, I think just overall, I think if you look at the position that we're in now, and we've made this point before, I'm not saying anything that nobody else is saying. But if you look at the position we're in now, we're in fourth, and we are eight points clear of seventh. And I think if you'd have offered me that at the end of August. I would have absolutely snatched your hand off. Yeah, I think we've to you know we we've to kind of step back and look at you know the position that we were in at the start of the season. Again, we've had these conversations before. If you'd have offered us fourth, like you've said, you know at this point of the season, every single one of us would have snapped your hands off. There is not a season before that's been like this where the the three relegated sides have been battling it out at the top, um, including the, the the team that were obviously promoted from League One. It's yeah. never been like this. 
last season we'd have been top still, or probably maybe second at least. Um, you know, it's, it's just a complete freak season. I don't know how long it's going to go on for. Leicester can't keep winning all the time. But I think, you know, given the way they're playing, given the you know the results that they seem to be getting, they're probably out of sight now. I think the we want them to keep winning all the time. I think I'm worried now that they're not going to keep winning in that way, especially if you look at AFCON and Asia Cup and everything else that's going to be disruptive to some of the sides at the top. Ipswich because I think them, yeah. it's, Well, I think it's better for us if Leicester just absolutely monster the league. You know, just right off first, monster the league rather than sharing the points out across everybody else because we've already taken points off Leicester. We've, we, all right, we've, we've, we've lost the second Some game points. against Ipswich, yeah, but yeah. we took three points <clears throat> off, 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 off Ipswich. So I think we're in a position now where um, actually we want one of those to absolutely dominate the league, go up as record champions and us to fight for that second place. Um, Which it is think, still on, by the way. We're not a million on, miles so, away. <clears throat> At the end of the day, Southampton have come from nowhere. Yeah, Southampton have come from nowhere in the last few weeks. You know, they've they've pulled some great performances together and they've got some really good results and they've leapfrogged us. You know, there's no reason why giving a couple of players or a couple of, you know, additions to our squad, we can't do the same. Southampton have got... I mean, the, the thing for me is, I think a lot of people were so um, looking forward to this kind of year now where we're hoping that Leicester and or Ipswich would have a bit of a shit running form and would start to drop places and especially, um, sorry, drop points. And after that performance against Ipswich, I thought, it's on now. Yeah. I really think we're going to make a move for it. And we haven't done. We've, we've shit out and we've lost two games on the bounce. But it's not at the end, you know, it's not all, we haven't fucking done. We've still got half a season to, to, to go. I mean, yeah. I might be a little bit optimistic, but Jesus Christ, we play really, really good football. Most of these teams that have beaten us at their, round, uh, their grounds have got to come to us at Elland Road. Yeah. You know, yeah, Ipswich have got to play Leicester again. You know, Southampton... You know, it's, it's just it's just a complete freak season. At the end of the day, people are saying, oh, what happens if at the end of the season we haven't got promoted? We've still got the playoffs to go through. Granted that we don't really perform well in playoffs, <laughs> but it's still another chance for us to go through. And, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd edge my bets, you know, depending on how we play against Southampton in our, in our home game, we'll see how we get on against them again. But I'd still be fairly confident of going through the playoffs if that were the, if that were the case. If we don't go up, if we don't um, go up for the playoffs as well, and we're looking like we might lose a few assets, there are other players out there. There's no way that the 49ers were a frigging, you know, I kept, kept the thought in the, in the back of their minds thinking, we might not go up in the first season. The start of the season, this season, there, there were no one thinking that we were going up frigging automatically. Yeah. You know, and those three, those three teams that are coming down, the, the ones that are at the bottom of the Premier League now, do not worry me in the slightest. Because no, I still think if we'd have been in the Premier League with them three teams in the in in that in that division, we'd have still survived because they are fucking shite. Yeah. So they don't worry me what you know in any way, shape, or form. The only yeah, issue we're gonna have is obviously you know the, sorting out the mess that from last season, which will carry over to next season. Sorting out the players that have gone out on loan, we'll have to obviously do something with them. We'll probably lose players like Somerville. Might not lose Rutter because I think the price tag will be still too high. I think Somerville will go. There might be a couple of players that go. I don't think players like, you know, uh, Ampadu, Gray, hopefully someone will talk some sense into him and it will manage to keep hold of him. But we're talking about something that's not happened. We're yeah. talking about something that's, you know, well, it's six months away. So let's just concentrate on the now, get behind the lads and, uh, and, and crack on because we are a good team. We are a really, really good team. And I think just a couple of losses, as per usual, has rocked the fan base a little bit and people are panicking. But I still think it's too early to panic. It really, really is. Yeah, yeah. Pressing the panic button now, I think, is slightly ludicrous. I think the just to touch on, on that part, yeah, okay, we've lost a couple. But the, the problem that we've got is <clears throat> your Leicester, Ipswich and Southampton now, they're not, they're not dropping those points. No, and no. if it was any other season and there was so much variability in the performance of the other sides, I think everybody would be a lot more zen about it. And it's the pressure that that causes that mm -hmm. then causes the fan base to uh, to worry and to panic. And uh, you know, it, for me, it's one of those, um, I, I think it, it's... We, we just need to try and enjoy it and, and just, just hang on for the we ride. Do, we do really need to enjoy the season. There's going to be a lot of twists and changes. The championship itself is madness. It is absolute madness. It's and crazy. there's going to be a hell of a lot that's going to change between now and the end of the season. Um, so it's kind of just, just hang on for the ride. <laughs>
Um, okay. Um, any more points before I just make one last one? Um, no, I think we've uh, I think we've said enough. Cool. On, okay. On well, a lot the only of last point. Subjects. Absolutely. Um, and I hope we've brightened some people's days. Um, but just um, we've got the um, New Year's Eve walk and talk at Temple Newsroom with Andy's Man Club, which um, started so- twenty minutes ago. <laughs> oh, it did. <laughs> so I if you hurry up, you can it. catch them up. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Do you know what's from there? Is the comment in on uh, on, on Twitter? Um, the walk and talk is tomorrow. It's not tomorrow, is it? <laughs> it's today. <laughs> it's today. It's twenty minutes um, ago. It started, but anyway, it was. And that, that's on Lee Fryer, <laughs> who is a, a, a ledge, by the way. He's an absolute age. cabbage, isn't he? Um, but Bless he's him. properly sold me down the river there, hasn't he? <laughs> well spotted, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> so the one last point I'll make, other than making what a that show. Is, Please like and subscribe. Uh, no, it's, it's ace. Um, yeah, no, the last point I just want to make is I want to thank everybody for being with us through, through the twists and turns of the past year. 2023 has been a bit of a been a bit of a thing let's hope for a bit of a better 2024 um so hope everybody's had a great break with the families um and you know if if you're somebody that feels a bit lonely or what have you then reach out to andy's man club because they're doing some brilliant stuff um but um yeah check in with your mates and um thank you everybody in the comments thank you everybody that's been with us through the course of 2023 happy new year hope you have a good one and um we will see you on the other side Hope you get absolutely blotted and see a few sore heads in the morning. <laughs> Up your whites, come on. Smarty, just before we go, let's see your bed, Ed. Come on. No. <laughs> absolutely not. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Thank you for listening to another Auto Know Better podcast, the independent Leeds United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at Auto Know Better with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Berardi & Coke after match podcasts. We have three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out, though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.